ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Will. I am the host of Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. And I want to tell you a little story about my guest today, but more so a story of how I found out a little bit about who he was. Now, I was on a live show with Miss Jen King with Space Cadet Collection Collection. You've all heard about Space Cadets on here at least once or twice or a thousand times because they're like one of my favorite comic book stores ever. Even though I no longer live in the Houston area, I still get my books from them through mail order. And so it's really awesome. They keep my geek knowledge good. But anyway, I was on one of the live streets. My buddy Jason Soria was on there. He was like, hey, have you heard of this book recount? Because I think I missed when she had already put it out there. And so I was just like, no, nah, I hadn't heard of it yet. He's like, man, it looks really good. You need to pick it up. And Jason and I have been buddies for a long time. Like we've been, we've been through some stuff together. Good, bad, and different. Uh, but we still keep in contact on an almost nightly basis. And like he's gone, he's got a beautiful family in Nebraska and I'm in Kentucky, but we still keep in contact. And so when he suggested the book, I was like, well, okay, if my buddy suggested it, I should check it out. And so then I asked Miss Jen, I was like, well, what's recount about? And she was like, all I know is that there is a situation that's kind of politically charged if you're into that type of thing, but it's a unique twist on the idea of what happens when a political figure does something wrong and the people's response to it. But she didn't give me a whole lot more than that, but I was like, you know what? Miss Jen recommends it. I'm going to get it too. So it's like a double recommend. So then I got the book and I read it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. It's neat. Like in the state of the world, it's just like, man, something like this could never happen though, right? And then January 6th happened. And I was like, oh, wow. So Jonathan Hendrick just saw into the future. Like he quantum leaped into the future, saw this going down. It was just like, let's just write this with a little bit of a purge added to it <laughs> and do that. So I have Jonathan Hendrick on with me today. I get the chance to talk to him and he gets to tell us all about the stuff he's been doing and also the reception of this book, the recount that he's been doing for Scout Comics. So Jonathan, say hello to the people. Hey, well, hey everyone. This is Jonathan Hedrick. I'm a comic book writer. Um, and yeah, one of the titles I've wrote is The Recount from Scout Comics. So thanks for having me on. Not a problem, man. Thank you for being on. I appreciate getting the chance to talk to you. Uh, I told my buddy Jason, I was like, I'm going to be talking to him today. He's like, can I get on with y'all? I was like, well, <laughs> it's not till like 4.30 or whatever <laughs> Eastern time. I'll already be at work. Never mind. Just mention my name. And so I was just like, I was going to do that anyway. But okay. Uh, so yeah, like I should have just not said anything and then just surprised him. Like I should have just sent him there like, you go. here, here's the episode. And then when he was like, oh my gosh, it's me. So that'd been cool. But anyway, so Jonathan is always on here, especially when we get to interview such awesome writers and creators. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an origin story. Okay, because, you know, not everybody was born uh, mm -hmm. half Atlantean, half human and became <laughs> Aquaman. And right. not everybody was bitten by a radioactive spider and could become Spider-Man. But everybody has an origin story of some kind. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, things you geeked out to as a kid. Kind uh, of take us from there to how you began this interesting journey into the land of comic books. Yeah, I um. I was born and raised in uh, an area of Florida called the Space Coast, um, that, where uh, NASA and you know, the Kennedy Space Center is. So um, in the early 80s growing up, um, got to see all the shuttle launches from my backyard or um, go out to the water and watch them launch from uh, the river or the beach. So that was really cool to have in um, growing up with uh, such a great time in the space program. Um, and being an 80s child, I grew up also with uh, the Ninja Turtles being very popular. The cartoon was my life. Oh my God. Everything Turtles for me. I had the t-shirts, the toys, um, the uh, curtains and the bed sheets. <laughs> Everything was Turtles. Oh, wow. And it, if it wasn't for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I probably never would have, or it would have been much later for me to start noticing comic books on the spinner racks at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they were, when those still existed, they strategically placed them at 
the height level of a small child. Mm -hmm. And I, I was seeing the uh, adaptations of the um, cartoon show that were being printed. Obviously not the independent ones that they were originally based off of by right. Eastman and Laird. Um, and I had to have them. So that's where I really learned and began to appreciate the art form of comic books, the sequential panel art reading um, through those comic books that were, uh, you know, basically taking the episodes and putting them into single issue format. And from there, it, it spawned to, you know, as I got older and, and wanted more from that and uh, started meeting other kids that were reading comic books too, you know, that segued into different things like the X-Men, um, of course, Batman and the other popular characters. Then the 90s hit um, and the 90s was filled with a lot more cool cartoons. The, the X-Men animated series on Fox, um, yes. the Spider-Man show. I mean, those two, um, those two shows were pretty much taking those famous story arcs from the comic books that I had just read maybe a year or two ago and adapting them into these 30 minute two-part episodes, which was awesome. And they were for the most part, pretty faithful to what you could get done in those, you know, short block of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course uh, the Batman animated series, you know, that, that really, um, uh, propelled a lot of deeper reading as well, you know, learning uh, a lot of those characters and more mature content than the animated series of the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. So I just kept on growing up, uh, you know, becoming more of a, a teenager, wanting to uh, poke around to some of the deeper stuff. I, I eventually got into Swamp Thing and Sandman. Um, Watchmen, uh, you know, I, I really started deep diving as I got older mm -hmm. and, you know, the comic book collection grew more and more. Eventually I started learning the creators and, and was recognizing their names as if they were celebrities. You know, okay. I could talk to, I could recognize, oh, the, people's art, art from a cover. I'm like, oh, that's definitely Jim Lee. That's definitely McFarlane. Um, especially when, during the image revolution, which was huge, you know, I, so fortunate that that was happening at a time in my life where, you know, I could appreciate that more, you know, uh, preteen, teen, um, just, you know, starting to really collect comic books, finally starting to put them in uh, bags and boards and organizing them. When that image um, exodus happened, or, ex, you know, to image happened, right. that was huge. You know, the, all these hot number ones, all these cool characters, and they were the the best talent, so um, that really propelled the comic book, um, you know, appreciation in me too. Uh, even further um, than that, you know, I was always um, drawn to writing when it came came to school. You know, that was the subject that came easier for me. Um, I didn't have to struggle with that as much as some of the other subjects like math and science mm -hmm. and my teachers always tried to get me to you know exercise that a little bit more um, but I really didn't take that seriously until about a couple of years ago uh, when I was and I, I took one an old story that I had written and never showed it to anyone I never shared my writing with anybody mm -hmm. but one day I thought what if I tried the comic script format um, so I dusted something off and just tested it. And um, from there, I was like, well, now I have this script. What do I do with it now? <laughs> so I looked into the process of commissioning uh, a comic book to be made. And before I knew it, three or four months later, I, I had the actual tangible comic book in my hand. So then I was hooked. <laughs> I saw the end product and I'm like, wow, then something can actually come from, from this little hobby that I kept to myself for the longest time. So that's my very long drawn out <laughs> origin story. Oh, nothing wrong with it. It's, it's all it's all valid because you experienced it. You yes. know, so let me ask a couple of questions based on that. First things first, favorite turtle? Donatello. Yeah. 
Donnie, as a person who enjoys being able to have intellectual exercises, I appreciate Donnie. I'm going to be honest, my favorite for the longest time was always been Leonardo just because mm -hmm. he had swords, man. <laughs> yeah, those katanas, those were those were awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you, did you ever, now I'm going to say this before I ask this question. I felt, I, I kind of didn't think about Turtles for a long time. Like I went through the cartoon and of course the Archie comics mm -hmm. were out there. So I was reading notes. Yes. I learned later, of course, through Wizard magazines and stuff like that, that mm -hmm. this was based off a much darker black and white thing with Eastman and Laird. I never right. owned any of that. And right. so when The Last Ronin came out last year, mm -hmm. it really reawakened my love for these characters. And so like I went yes. and got the Jenica trade. I've been yes. slowly getting the old stuff. Like I picked mm -hmm. up from Miss Jen. She had a copy of the uh, Color Classics for the first yeah. volume of the Color Classics where they color the original stuff. And so... Right. Uh, trying to slowly get that original stuff in my collection just because it's just mm -hmm. like this is a moment in history that I was there for mm -hmm. even though I wasn't aware right. so did you go back and get any of the Eastern Laird stuff did you read Last Ronin number one yeah yeah I, I um, loved Last Ronin I thought that was so much fun to read I think it, this is a great time to be a Ninja Turtles fan um because uh, they're uh, they kind of re um, pump some life back into that franchise. I mean, it's always been viable. Uh, you know, there it's, it's a really smart property that could go on for a long time. But uh, yeah, they breathe some new life into it. And as far as the older um, Eastman and Laird stuff, I was I'm fortunate enough that my local um, county library system has access to these. Uh, deluxe like library edition versions of those volumes so I mean it, it's uh they're large enough that you can't like lay down on the couch and hold them or you'll right. drop it on your face and break your nose yeah, so you don't want that. It, right you don't want that um and they're about I think 12 issues per volume so yeah I've been slowly going through those and yeah, I, it's definitely not for kids. I, I think I read those and I'm thinking, wow, someone really thought to make this for kids one day. And it worked yeah. out. I mean, good on them. One of the um, greatest documentaries I ever watched, I say documentaries, I don't know if they would call it documentaries. I do. Uh, Toys yeah. That Made Us. Yes, uh, I saw did that a thing too. on the Ninja mm -hmm. Turtle toys, but they went back and talked about how these indie comic creators came in and did this. They go through the whole history. Like they talk about the movies. Yeah. The comics, the mm -hmm. movies, and then the then the new comics, and then the split, and then I mean even the I cried. I'll be honest. In the last scene yeah. when you saw them together again after all these years, and I was yeah, like, that's a good show. I was like, man, yeah. see that that's that's the kind of stuff we need in the world. Like, okay, yeah, we for were sure. mad, and we didn't we yeah. weren't around each other for a while, but we eventually were just like, you know what, it, life's too short, man. Yeah, you can't continue doing like that. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. And you mentioned the image revolution. Mm -hmm. What were some of your favorite image characters? Uh, Spawn, obviously. He was the coolest. Um, I really liked uh, Wildcats and Youngblood. Um, uh, Shadowhawk. Uh, and then one that I don't, I wish um, I was a little older or more mature at the time to understand was the Max. I, I, when, I yeah. when I was reading that as a kid, I was like, there's some, and that happened a lot. I, I would pick up, always pick up something that looked cool and I would open it and I'm like, ah, I'm just not old enough to get this. <laughs> I can't, I wish I could fast forward five to 10 years so right. I, could, I could understand it. But the Max was just so cool. I, I like, I like the whole um, split personality type thing that was, mm -hmm. that he was trying to, Sam Keith was trying to portray. Um, yeah, the, oh, so many titles had a lot of potential, but you know, speaking of documentaries, I think um, there's a one out there. It's about an hour and a half long about the image revolution. And mm -hmm. yeah, this, those guys were doing the best they could, but it was also kind of disorganized and they couldn't get things out on time. Yeah. So, well, we even, we on, episode, on an episode of the podcast back mid last year, we talked about the documentary they did on Todd McFarlane called mm -hmm. to, hell, mm -hmm. to, hell, to Hell I Will, which is yeah, where they I were like pretty that much one. everything that they told him he couldn't do, he did it. 
Right. And then some. So it's just interesting with that um, that that whole thing because you look at that, you see, really, if you think about it, at that time, six of the most powerful artists slash creators, mm-hmm. six or seven of the most powerful artists creators, in one, and, and they all leave. And what's so wild about it was they didn't just leave Marvel. They went to the DC offices and they basically yeah. told them, we're not coming to work for you either. <laughs> yeah. That and was then it was cool. just like, we're going to do our own thing. Yeah. So I thought that was good really on cool. them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it worked. I mean, you know, I mean, there's still stuff coming out of the image world. I mean, you've got Invincible mm-hmm. getting ready to drop an Amazon series. You've got yeah. The Walking Dead that just exploded. Oh, you yeah. Know, you've got Spawn yeah. in process to be a second movie, hopefully, maybe sometime in the future with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, hopefully uh, before know, he turns sixty years old. You know, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. Would it be wonderful to have seen a Wetworks movie back yeah. in the day? Possibly. Would have been really cool to see a Savage Dragon movie. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Been, you know, but I don't know that everything. I mean, it was that Wildcats cartoon. It was. Okay. And yeah. Savage Dragon had a cartoon too. So yeah, they weren't without their moments outside of the printed page trying to push themselves right. out there. That's that's for sure. So definitely, we're gonna slide on over and continue this conversation. So now that we've talked to you and kind of gotten your origin story, mm-hmm. and we talked about the fact that you you talked about the fact that you know you had this script, you wrote it, and then yeah. you put it in a comic book script format, then you had somebody do it. So what was that comic? That comic is called Freak Show Princess, and it's a zombie one shot story, um, twenty four pages, and it was um, it. I wrote that about 10 years prior as a, just a short story. Um, I put in a composition book and uh, I, did, I, I liked it. It was a story that I always revisited in my mind. So that wasn't the first one I thought would be cool to adapt to a one shot. I thought that was a good test to like, can, can I do this? Is this worth investing my money into and so forth? And, and, and it worked out. Um, that came out in print on October 2019. Um, I did a I did two Kickstarters for it. One failed miserably because I had no idea how to do Kickstarter <laughs> the first time. Um, then I relaunched March of 2020, and it was my first successfully funded Kickstarter, um, and which was great because I I did I took my time to learn and research how crowdfunding works and networked in the meantime so yeah um and now it's in diamond uh part it's part of a zombie anthology called mississippi zombie 2 oh, it'll wow. be out on march 31st uh through caliber so okay. to go from it being this self-published first attempt at a producing an indie comic book to about a year and a half later in a uh, zombie anthology that's going to be uh, on sale ev- everywhere is going it's really cool to think about that that's a huge leap from one you'll to have another. to you'll have to go to like a bar at the noble when they have it and you'll yeah. have to like sit down with a cup of coffee and just have the <laughs> thing open and just be like yeah i'm right. reading the story i wrote <laughs> in this that's book right. yeah, just, that's you know, surreal just, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting because then you've stamped it in your history. Like, yeah, this has happened, so it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not no. it's not impossible at all. And so right. that's out there. And so mm-hmm. then, what? Then how did we go from here to where we are now? What were your next steps? Yeah. So once I understood the uh, process of making a comic, meaning like you know who does what the pencils, inks, flatting, colors, lettering, and and I understood the um, production process of it and how to get a good rhythm going mm-hmm. and, and kind of um, assembly line the process. I'm, I thought, you know, I could do this. Um, so then my next comic was one that I didn't have a script for or wrote, um, something I came up with and I've wanted to kind of expand uh, my reach. And I said, okay, I already did the one shot. Now is it possible for me to do something with multiple issues? Mm-hmm. And that that's where uh, Capable came from. 
Capable okay. is my superhero series. Uh, you were on the um, uh, on the that, Expo with you, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So capable for the uh, readers that may not, our listeners that might not know, is a superhero series that's basically a world where one day handicapped people start gaining superpowers that are opposite of what their disability was. And it focuses on main character named Derek Davidson, which is a high schooler who uses a wheelchair on a necessity and uh, wakes up one day and he's a speedster all of a sudden. And then other people around in his world start to slowly gain superpowers too. And, he, uh, and all these people are, are people with disabilities. So not everyone's doing the right thing. Not everyone becomes a hero. Some people right. become do the wrong the wrong thing out of a, living a life of being ridiculed or just jaded from those that were um you know normal able-bodied people so i've launched two kickstarters for that so far um the most recent one ended earlier this month mid-month january 14th to 15th and that was my highest backed kickstarter so far out of like four or five of them um yeah uh it I'm re I really like that series. I wish I could pump it out faster. Um, but yeah, Capable Issue 3 is, or, is out now. I'm going to be uh, fulfilling that Kickstarter soon. Uh, issue 4, the artist has the script. So I'm hoping, hoping that by um, the summer, I could crowdfund that one too. Okay. That way I can have maybe Issue 5 by the end of the year. So yeah. And drop the trade from beginning of 2022. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be a good good plan there you go okay so capable is out there i think i've seen pictures of capable i just didn't realize at the time because this was before i had gotten my hands on recount so i didn't yeah. make the connection as to right. who was writing it but i love the artwork on it i'm gonna have to definitely get involved in that in some way or another yeah uh, thank I'm you yeah of, i'm, I'm sorry, kind of becoming a trade person i'm sorry I didn't oh yeah you off there no it's i'm okay. kind of becoming a trade person and so like mm -hmm. i realize that i love reading completed stories mm -hmm. yes. and that way i, I could be like because sometimes what i'll do and i've done this much to my own detriment and to my wallet's detriment is i'll buy <laughs> the floppies and then sure. like i'll buy the trade and then i will give the mm -hmm. floppies away to somebody like here yeah take this read it yeah you need it when you get done reading it if you don't want to keep it give it to somebody mm -hmm. else you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it it doesn't uh, help the pocketbook when <laughs> when you're buying both. But uh, yeah, some series it I have to follow issue by issue. Some I'm like, oh, I can wait for the trade to come out. Mm -hmm. It all it all depends. That's the great thing about comics is uh, it, it's entertaining from a reading perspective and also a great um, you know, collecting thing too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, some comics lately have come out. I mean, some comics have come out within the last, I mean, there was that one amazing Spider-Man cover with a really cool oh, yeah. black cover yeah. with the white Spider-Man and the webbing thing. And I was like, yeah. super hot. And right. I hear about their mom, I think they're doing a second printing next week. They're dropping it. And so it's right. just like, you know, you just never know. You know, sometimes yeah. you're getting something you in your know. full box and then mm -hmm. it's just like, boom. Uh, right. So we've gone from, gone from this book and now mm. now it's, it's recount next after this or do we have more in between yeah uh recount uh, came after capable so okay. while i was in the process of um producing capable um I, I was i began recount as well so uh recount the that series was um created in 2019 and i always like to tell people that because some people who don't understand that comic books can't be made in one day right. think that I, I was, I made the recount in an effort to capitalize on the election and the impeachment, and right. things like that. But um, all that was in my head back in 2019, right. you know? So um, uh, yeah, recount came and um, I, I, it was important to me with these different titles to make sure I'm uh, flexing in different genres as well. Okay. So I did Freak Show Princess is my horror zombie capable superheroes. And then I wanted to do um, a thriller suspense with uh, the recount. 
So I had that this awesome concept come up in my mind that what if people were held accountable for voting someone into office if they that if that person that got put into power was corrupt? Okay. And how would that look? Um, and of course, in 2019, yes, there was a palpable political um, climate that that was already um, very on edge. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm not going to deny that. So um, I thought it would be topical, timely, regardless. But I had no idea that issue one would come out two weeks after the election. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, during a, a it will, you know, recount has tons of people with masks on, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, during a, a pandemic, you know, where everyone's wearing masks. So, yeah, it, it just kind of worked out that way. And um, that one I pitched to Scout because I ran into some creators from uh, that publisher early on at the, uh, the end of 2019. And just thought, hey, I was showing them stuff I, I was doing. I had no, I was doing like a soft pitch, and they really were drawn to the recount. So afterwards, I started emailing them my my outline and um, my plans for the the mini series. And before I knew it, I, I was signing a contract for it to be published at the beginning of 2020. So okay. things happened really fast for me. Um, mm -hmm. Very grateful, you know. Freak Show Princess came out in print in October 2019. I think I made that deal with Scout begin January 2020. Yeah. So that, that that's fast and furious. To say the least. Yeah, right. And, and so now one of the things that really striking to me as a person who read the first copy of the first edition of Recount, the mm -hmm. artwork pushes it to yeah. a different level of eeriness. So right. let, me, let me ask you this question. What was, what, how did you get in touch with the artists that did it? And what were the things that drew you to them? Um, where I go to look for artists typically is a Facebook group called uh, Connecting Comic Book Writers and Artists. Okay. And occasionally I scan that group. And if I see some, an artist that I, I like, I, I'll like, save that post that's showing their samples mm -hmm. and i'll go back when i'm looking i have another project see um if anyone fits if their style fits and when i saw uh gabriel's artwork gabriel at barrett nunez he's an artist on recount i saw his um his artwork i'm like ah oh, this this has recount all over it mm -hmm. uh he doesn't draw two faces the same right. everyone has every character has her own physical identity, which is amazing. Um, at the same time, it takes a long time to produce the art, <laughs> but it, it pays off because everything, every panel he draws is just fire. Um, mm -hmm. so, he, he's amazing. Yeah, and that's pretty awesome. I always like, especially when writers are talking about their stuff, I always like for them to brag on their artists and brag on their other people because then that way, you know, it, it, because one thing we always try to educate people with, especially when it comes to creating comics or creating anything, there's a group effort that's involved. Oh, yeah. And so we always want to make sure to shout out for people that yeah, help that effort. And so yeah. you you went to a group, which I'm going to have to investigate and join probably <laughs> at some point myself. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend that uh, that place. You find a lot of good creators out there. And so that's, that's good there. Um, people keep telling me like, you need a team. Like eventually mm -hmm. with the stuff you're doing, you're going to need a team of people. Even if it's a small team, you're going to need a team because yeah. you, you'll yeah. kill yourself trying to put it all out there by yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, all right. So yeah. tell, now here's the next question. So fast forward a little bit because the book dropped, I believe in December. Uh, November. Or November. November was November. issue one. Okay. Yep. So number one drops in November. And mm -hmm. so then number two drops in February, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. Yep, February 17th. So is it meant to be more like a bi-monthly type book or? No, that um, this was part of a new initiative by Scout Comics to uh, provide retailers and uh, the ability to um, gauge the sales a little bit easier when it comes to new series. 
Well, that um, makes sense. Yeah, because uh, before and uh, how most uh, issues or series come about, it, they, they have the lo local comic book stores have to put an order in for issue two before they even have issue one issue in one the store. So, right. Yeah, so that makes it hard for them to know how much they need to order. So Scout came up with that idea and um, recount and two other titles that uh, dropped around the same time were the kind of like the guinea pigs of that. So um, yeah, that's why there's there's the gap between issues one and two. But then three and four will follow month to month after that. Okay. So were you really surprised by the reception of the recount? Yeah, I was. I've been holding my breath on that one for a long time because um, I had no idea how people would take it. Now, I had to stop reading the comments online prior to it dropping because a lot of people were thinking uh, that it was, you know, propaganda right. um, for one side or the other. I had both political people from both political parties saying that it's propaganda from the other one, which right. I thought was kind of good. Uh, that proved that I did a good job or I'm patting myself on the back humbly because uh, I made sure painfully that it doesn't lean to any side more than the other mm -hmm. you know the the words republican and democrat ne are never mentioned in this series mm -hmm. there's no real politicians in it whatsoever no one looks like any politician so i was curious how people would take it um and because of who the a political party that we had in office naturally one party with uh, people supporters from one party are going to be obviously offended and I think if it was the opposite party, the same thing would have happened, but with, you know, people from that political party. Mm -hmm. But um, no death threats yet. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So that's good. And um, and it uh, went to second print. Um, this Wednesday, February 3rd, is the second uh, is when the second printing of issue one comes out. So that goes to show that. Um, people, yeah, people love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's one thing to put something out there into the world. It's another thing that the demand is so high on that thing. That we have to yeah. print it a second time because people want right. it that much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah. By the way, just to let you know, you know how I put that list out there of stuff where you buy the single issues and then you buy the trade. Yeah, you're <laughs> on that list. So I'm going to be right. buying. You're on my pull list already. Okay. So I'm going to be getting all of it. And then eventually when the trade comes out, yeah. Yeah, I will have to be a little bit more careful who I give yeah. it to. Yeah, but like mm -hmm. I'd be like, here, if you want to read something that's politically charged but doesn't point a finger at either thing, and just talk right. about a scenario where the story is a big driver in it. Mm -hmm. because you know, I mean, I, I love that you have you talked about the fact of if a person was corrupt and put into office, and then they were, and then everybody was held accountable for it. You're right. You know, not just the people who were involved in it, but the people that voted them in. Exactly. You know, like that's scary. Yeah. It's an awesome concept. Like, it's beautiful right. and it's scary. I'm sitting there going like, you know, because I think at one point somebody says something in the comic book like, oh, we know who voted them in. And we know those who weren't compliant or whatever about him or didn't say anything either way. You know, we know who you are too. And it's just like, dude. Yeah. That's like yeah. one of those, it's you know, scary you hunker down in your, you hunker down in your house with a shotgun and, and, and board up your windows. <laughs> right. Know. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, not, mm. of course, not to ask for any spoiler type things, <laughs> but is the end goal of this that perhaps the world sees itself a little bit differently? And they see the, kind of through the reflection of what's going on, or is it more like just 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 crazy amounts of war? <laughs> the the without being uh, have too giving too much away, right. the end goal is to show um, how is basically to say every side is wrong. Um, there's no right side. So how about we just get rid of the the sides? Take that line in the sand. And just shuffle it and blur it okay. because the sides are doing more damage than anything else so that that if i have any agenda it's that okay when it comes to the recount okay fair enough 
So, all right. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, and again, it's, it's good to go into that with it, especially, you know, reading it. Now, the book series is how many issues total? Uh, four issues, not including the Ashcan. Um, yeah, got to mention that the Ashcan came out in the, over the summer in one of the um, Scout subscription boxes. Mm -hmm. And that sold out. So that was like my first taste, whether people would be um, receptive to this series. And those, that Ashcan isn't just the first four pages of issue one. It's actually new content. It, it is works as like an issue zero. So, Ooh, um, so yeah, the Ashcan and then four <laughs> issues is the first volume. And I have a plan for two more volumes of four, four issues each. So, um, you know, those, they're not going to come out back to back by any right. means, but, uh, yeah, uh, if everything goes well with this first story arc, we'll, um, you know, begin the second one as soon as possible. I, I like that because that was the next question I was going to ask you. Do you feel like this is a finite story or do you feel like there's more to it, which it sounds like there is. That's incredible. Th there is more to it, but it, I, it definitely won't work as an ongoing series. Uh, okay. it, topic is too heavy. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I think it would just dilute the purpose of the story and the real essence of it if it came out too often and if right. there was too many issues. So um you know that's why if i can do 12 issues total maybe a couple more ash cans um maybe a, a prequel one shot i think that's enough to give people a good chunk of story from beginning to end over a long period of time because the second volume uh to give a little bit of hints where it's going would be to show the global or international ramifications if this happened in America, you know, there's co consequences worldwide. Right. My, um, my letter, uh, Christian Dokolomansky on the recount, recount, he's from Chile and he follows American politics very closely. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked him, I'm like, I, or I told him, like, that's really impressive that you follow another, I, I don't know the politics of any other country. I barely right. know the politics here in America. Um, and he, I'll never forget what he said. He said, um, when America sneezes, the world catches a cold. I'm like, wow, that's, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that and I'm going to put that in a book, Christian. So, You're going to have to letter so it. So when the trade comes out for recount, at the very uh -huh. end of the trade, you should have <laughs> your trailer for the next book, whatever it comes out, and that mm -hmm. should be your pull quote. <laughs> yeah. Right there. It's, yeah, it's what America when America sneezes, the whole world catches. Man, that's a lot to think yeah. about. That You're is, that's deep. Yeah. All right. So you've gotten some awesome fan art and things like that from mm. for from different people for yeah. Week Out. Uh, is there yeah. any particular fan art or that you've gotten that you would just feel like, oh my gosh, this is awesome? Yeah. Um, so Stefano Cardicelli is an Italian contemporary artist who I worked with on another book called Freak Show Night mm -hmm. with a Night with a K, which is kind of a companion piece to Freak Show Princess. Mm -hmm. uh, that Freak Show Night comes out on April 7th, by the way, if I can promote that. Oh, yeah. Um, Please do. Yeah. <laughs> April 7th, pre-orders are available now. Ask your local comic book store. Um, but he did some artwork for the recount and that really was uh, cool of him because he pencils inks and watercolors so he basically painted that um the colors for for that piece of art um, I saw which that. isn't I like, bro yeah yeah so that's probably one of my favorites it's, it's hard to you know they're all my favorite <laughs> it's so cool to see something that i created and and people you know take their own liberties with it. And I really enjoy seeing that. Now I'm going to keep this geeky, but it's going to be a bit of a hot take. So okay. with the rise of people coming against Marvel and other things saying that they need to get rid of the Punisher because of the symbols uh, that have been used, the symbol, not the symbol, but the symbol yeah. of the skull being politicized in different ways. I feel people, people, people were kind of screaming from one angle when it was used by cops as yeah. a symbol. And then now you've got other groups that were at the Capitol Hill using the Punisher mm -hmm. emblem 
And right. now people are just yelling at Marvel saying, you need to get rid of the character completely, which I'm like, no, no, right. you don't need to get... Like, if that's the case, at some point, we're just going to become 1984 all over again. We're just going to end up becoming right. uh, George Orwell's 1984. We're going to become uh, Fahrenheit... Oh, gosh. For, no. The Ray Bradbury book where, for, where it's talking about yeah. learning books. I can't think of the title right, right. right now. But, I keep on wanting to say Fahrenheit 9-11, but that, that was a... Uh, that was a Michael Bay movie. My, Michael, that was a... Michael, um, Michael Moore? Michael Moore, yeah. Michael Moore, yeah. If it was yeah. a Michael Bay movie, I'd have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the That's world right. is in chaos. Boom. People right, are right. in chaos. Boom. Explosions right. everywhere. Boom. <laughs> but so I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that whole concept of, okay, so yeah. since they're using this symbolism, I mean, I've seen yeah. cops wear Superman shields. I've seen cops wear Spider-Man little eyes, little Spider-Man eyes. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've seen different people of all walks of life rocking different superhero stuff because a lot of the stuff become iconic. So I'm right. just curious your thoughts. I'm going to shut up and let you talk now. <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, I don't think Marvel should um, change the Punisher logo on account of people ruining it um, or using it. Uh, actually, not ruining it because people will ruin anything. You know, you give them enough time, it's just human nature. Someone's someone's gonna destroy something great, something beautiful. So, um, if anything, I think they should lean into it more. They should um, take it back uh, from from these people somehow. Right? Uh, produce stories that will um, show these people that want to use it that way that um, maybe they don't want to uh, use it after all. Um, just, uh, be, just be smarter uh, than, than the people that are doing it the wrong way. That, and and that's, um, that's what I would do. You know, if, if given the chance to write a character like the Punisher, oh, I would own that so hard. Uh, it, what a great time right now, I, I, I think. A great challenge would be to be writing the Punisher when this is going on and have the opportunity to um, take it back. So, yeah. Okay, so, you know, the follow-up question to that is, mm -hmm. if you were given the punishment right, <laughs> how would you do that? <laughs> it, it, what would I would write yeah. with the punisher? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, God, that, that's hard to, you know, that's something I would have to sit on with no, um, no TV and no internet for a week <laughs> and plot and plan. <laughs> I'd have one of those creepy uh, cork boards with yarn going this way and that way to plot mm -hmm. on the details. I mean, there's been so many great Punisher stories. Um, you know, I love that um, that John Romita one from the 90s, the War Zone stuff. Um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I don't know. <laughs> on the spot, what I would do, I would want him just to be full-on Punisher, though. It would not be it would not be the Bud Light version of Punisher. That's oh, for sure. wow. Yeah, I um, I think one of my favorite Punisher stories ever was actually one. It was a little bit more superhero-y, but it was the one where it was uh, Wolverine, him and Ghost Rider end up showing up, and they did a whole Blackheart oh, yeah. thing. And so yeah, the, I thought I that was the, interesting. The Night Stalkers. I don't remember if it was Night Stalkers. Yeah. Like I said, it was Wolverine and Ghost Rider. It, like each one of them were yeah. brought to this little small small town, like little bread breakfast. Oh yeah, and midnight something. And yeah. so, like, Blackheart was the main villain. And so, like, he brought them together, yeah. promising them that they, he, they would be agents of his. He could give them access to powers yeah. they never imagined before. And so, like, yeah. Ghost Rider finally kind of breaks free out of it all. And he's like, first of all, the last time I checked your promises, they were bad. And nobody ever comes through on them in the way yeah. they say they were. And so, it's like right. the daddy catch yeah. Ghost Rider. And so he's just like, he just, you know, he comes out with a bike just blazing through. And then behind him, you see like Punisher with the gun. You see Wolverine like coming out with the claws and they're just going at it. That's just like one of the coolest mm -hmm. little arcs yeah. ever. And I think they did a sequel to that a few years later. And I believe John Romita Jr. did the arc on both of those. Yeah, it sounds cool. familiar. So, but yeah, yeah. those are my favorite Punisher stories. 
I would say, in all earnest, if you were going to do a Punisher story to kind of tackle the modern day situation, I mean, right. you know, what happens if Frank pulls up to a store and there's a riot going on outside while, while he's in the store? And so, of course, then everybody's coming in telling him he needs to pick a side or whatever. And he finally just comes right. in and says, oh, I, I always pick the side I know best, my side. And it just becomes the Punisher yeah. versus a bunch of rioters. And then you separate yeah, yeah. the the separate the rioters from the protesters. You know, you're, you're, he's he's looking at the situation and going, okay, these people are here peacefully. They're not trying to start a war. I don't need to mm -hmm. go after them. I need to go after the people who are trying to burn down these people's businesses. I need to, you know, and all it just just kind of have his mindset of the world and how he frames sure. it. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of tell that story. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a very interesting character that has a lot of potential. Um, you know, he hasn't been around this long for no reason, that's for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we all remember there was that Dolph Lundgren live action movie where he didn't wear the skull. <laughs> and most people yeah. try to forget that happened. You know, right. It wasn't yep. we got the ones where we started getting, you know, the two movies. We got the regular one and then we got the Warzone movie. And then eventually mm -hmm. we got the Netflix series. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Netflix series is pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, don't they explain kind of the origin of why he chose the skull in that series as well? Like they kind of talk about, and I believe there was a comic where they go into the origin of the skull that he wears. Yeah, yeah, it's a little uh, hazy, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they've touched on that. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Kind of would be interesting if we could get the Punisher in a, uh, in a in an episode of recount, but of course we know that's not really. That, that unfortunately can't happen. <laughs> yeah. For reasons. Yeah, that'd be a pipe dream right there. We don't need Mickey Mouse yeah. coming after you. One of these days, maybe. Cease and, list, cease and desist. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need that. Excuse me, sir. I'm going to need that character back. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it'll be interesting. So let's get ready to wrap this up. I want you to be able to, I know okay. I've got the link tree link here, which is just the link tree backslash Jonathan Hedrick. And it just says his links yeah. all things. Uh, plug yourself, talk about anything, you know, you're going to be doing anything you want the world to know about that you haven't already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, everyone can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Jonathan Hedrick. Um, uh things i have coming out soon recount number two uh drops february 17th uh recount issue three march 17th uh mississippi zombie two uh march 31st freak show night which is the follow-up to the story that's in mississippi zombie two that comes out april 7th and then recount number four april 21st and then uh in April as well, I have a short story that's going to be in an anthology launched on Kickstarter through Brian Silverbacks' um, Kara Prime universe called Tales from uh, Kara Prime. So I have a five-page story in that. Later this summer, we Brian Silverbacks and I will be launching a full um, 24, or I'm sorry, 20-page uh, comic book that uh, works as a sequel to his character, Loggerhead. Um, that's called Arctica, Cold Blood. Uh, and then more stuff later on. I um, have a new series that'll come out later this year called Quicksand, which is a sci-fi horror. I'm calling it like a mix between Aliens and The Descent. If you're mm. familiar with those two movies. Mm. And yeah, I got uh, 2021 is going to be busy. <laughs> Sounds like it. Very busy. Man. Yeah. But nothing mm. wrong with that. I mean, when when that's what good you do, good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah when, that's what you do. It's good to have a lot to do. Edit. You don't want to wake up. Yeah. You're like, oh, I wonder what I'm gonna do today. Oh, fix an egg. Oh, <laughs> yeah. drink some coffee. Have some toast. I'll sit down for a little bit. And I got work to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good problem to have, indeed. Well, listen, yeah. uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for being willing to come on uh, conversations about dot 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 and talk it up with me a little bit mm -hmm. about the. Uh, the recount, as well as all your other projects, kind of how you got involved. You know what? Before I say goodbye, though, I do have one other quick question. Sure. Who, are, what books are on Jonathan's poll list? To read? 
Um, books I want to read are um, or are reading. Um, I want to finish. I have all the issues, but I want to finish reading Yasmin. Um, that's a book at Scout. Um, it's a very beautiful, tragic story with them. Um, I've been reading the Atominal, which I believe is at Vault Comics. It's a cool horror story. Um, what else? Uh, I've been reading uh, King in Black, uh, Donnie Cates at Marvel. Um, I'm picking up a little bit of the Future State stuff from DC. Looking uh, forward to reading some of those. And yeah, uh, I, I read a lot of indie books. So um, I'm excited to, uh, I was a part of a anthology called Cthulhu Invades Oz. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a, a story called uh, Tin Man, Heart of Rust, but I'm really looking forward to reading everyone else's story that's in that as well. Yeah, so. I, I, uh, eventually I'll have my Travis Gibb interview up where he talks about that book along with other things. Cool. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, cool lots of creators on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there really were, and it sounds like a really awesome project. We even talked a little bit about the the concept of how you how you can write different things for different worlds mm -hmm. for the whole situation. So it's with uh, Wizard of Oz. So it's really cool, different perspectives. Yeah, so Definitely. That's yeah. it was a fun project. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. I know I said thank you already. Mm -hmm. We're wrapping it's up. Right. Thanks for like, having oh, me. I forgot a question. <laughs> Now that's fine. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Well, listen, uh, you've just joined us for another conversation about dot, dot, dot. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Go check out Jonathan's links and things. Go support his projects because trust me when I tell you, you've never seen intrigue in the political spectrum and the way he's putting it together, but at the same time, not trying to say one side or everything. I mean, he said it here. There's issues both sides. And maybe it's time to get rid of the line and the sand between the two and maybe work together as a whole. So nothing wrong with that. Anyway, thank you so much for rocking out with us on Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. And as always, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody. Take care.